So good evening everyone in the room and everyone on Zoom. Uh, I wanted to speak tonight um, about a topic that's, uh, that's been bothering me for a, a, a while in terms of uh, the way Buddhism is presented in Western culture, <clears throat> which has never quite sat okay with me. And it's around the issue of um, non-judgmentalism um, and the taking of personal responsibility for actions. And as you would know, you know, from your own practice and your readings, um, all forms of Buddhism have a very strong value placed on the importance of taking responsibility for one's speech and and thought and actions in the world um, and as a kind of way of being or a way of understanding our, our experience of being human beings. Um, it's part of, very much a part of Buddhist philosophy and psychology that we create our own suffering. Um, now, that's not entirely true because um, in many ways suffering is done to us through um, the oppression of organisations or like we've spoken about in Europe at the moment, you know, with the suffering that's caused by the, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, it's suffering done by other people, right? So suffering can be caused by other people, but um, it can very much be, be caused by our, ourselves through grasping and aversion and ignorance. And that's the part that we can through practice can can transform. Um, so personal responsibility um, is very central to Dharma practice. And that's why we have um, precepts along with meditation. And in our particular school, why in our sutra reading, um, the first sutra that we read is the purification sutra about recognising all the harm and suffering we've done in our life through greed, hatred, ignorance and acknowledging it um, rather than not acknowledging it. So where does that all sit with being non-judgmental? In, <clears throat> in um, secular mindfulness, you know, the, one of the ways that mindfulness is described is that it's about intentionally bringing your attention to the present moment in a non-judgmental way. Um, and in a lot of contemporary Western writers on Buddhism, thinking particularly um, people who are very popular like Tara Brack is an example of it, but, but it's a sort of a trend. There's a very strong trend towards, you know, that we all seem to suffer from having a strong inner critic and we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves um, and that a lot of our suffering comes from being critical and hard on ourselves and we need to move to this non-judgmental accepting experience of ourselves. Now I don't have any any disagreement with that at all <clears throat> um, but a lot of the people who, and I'm generalising here, but a lot of the people who come to Dharma practice and a lot of people who come to therapy, you know, to, to do work on themselves, 
tend to be the kind of person who has a sense of responsibility or even over-responsibility for that matter. Um, But the kind of people, like speaking as a therapist, the kind of people who tend not to come to therapy um, are people who uh, tend to be under-responsible in their lives, um, to not take personal responsibility for their actions, to be somewhat narcissistic in their style. So there's people who, who walk around in, in our culture or in our families, whatever, who um, are not over-responsible. They have their experience in the world is under-responsibility. And, uh, and if you're narcissistic in style, then you don't think that you have a problem. Everyone else has a problem. And why would you want to go and see a psychologist anyway? Because you know more than them anyway. Right? So why bother? Right? That, there's a, there's a, so what I'm getting at here, instead of just thinking that, you know, there is a style where everyone's too critical about themselves and they need to be softer and kinder, yes, of course. But what about the other end of the spectrum? So I often think in terms of polarities. Um, on the one hand, we have over-responsibility, and on the other hand, we have under-responsibility. Um, and they both need to be addressed, not just thinking there's a strong, over, you know, critical voice for over-responsible people. What about under-responsibility? What about when we reflect in our own lives where we're perhaps maybe under-responsible, you know, that maybe we don't take enough responsibility for social issues that occur in our community. And when you do couple therapy for many years like I have, you see patterns emerging where one person in the relationship tends to be over-responsible and the other one is under-responsible and it kind of is a pattern. And, um, and where it becomes really obvious is where um, you ask questions to a couple about when they have disagreements or they misunderstand one another, like who, who apologises or who doesn't apologise? And often you hear the statement from one partner, Do you know, in the 15 years we've been married, I've never heard you apologise once. Uh, and the other person doesn't deny it, you know. And you think, what on earth is going on that someone could be in a relationship for 15 years and they've never made a mistake, right? What's going on there? Uh-huh. So it, this, this issue of under-responsibility can be there in our relationships as well as over-responsibility or appropriate responsibility. Obviously, what we're moving towards in... Um, in our practice, in our Dharma practice, is neither. Do you know, it's like appropriate responsibility, neither over or, or under. That's a kind of a, a middle way position. But to shed a bit of light on this from um, reading um, Ian McGilchrist and the right hemisphere and the left hemisphere of the brain, all of his research um, indicates Um, that people who are left hemisphere dominant don't seem to take as much responsibility for their actions as people who are right hemisphere dominant. And also, right hemisphere dominant people 
um, tend to lean towards depression more than left hemisphere. Excuse me, I've got a cough. Left hemisphere people don't seem to tend towards depression. They, you wouldn't mind giving me a glass of water, would you, Brett? Thank you. They tend towards being more machine-like um, and abstract and um, uh, disconnected from the world. Whereas people prone to depression have more of a right hemisphere dominance, a stronger sense of empathy, and they lean towards over-responsibility. They often, you often see that a lot with people who suffer from um, mood disorders or depression. It goes in hand in hand with feeling that they're, they're responsible things that they're not responsible for. And for those kind of people who've got hard inner, inner critics, being softer, being gentler with themselves, being non-judgmental is a good antidote. But it's not necessarily a good antidote for people who have a tendency to be um, remote, not in connection with their empathy or whatever, and, and are under-responsible. One would hope they'd have perhaps some sense of inner critic rather than none at all. Um, and if you if you look at this term kind of in the the world stage with what's happening in in Ukraine at the moment, I'm only speculating here, but I can't imagine that Vladimir Putin is sitting in the Kremlin going, "Boy, I really made a mistake causing this war." You know, I'm the president, and the buck stops with me, and yet I've I've made a mistake here. I can't imagine that that's occurring. I can imagine there's blame going out everywhere about how it's all gone wrong from a military point of view and a humanitarian point of view. So there's a lot of blame shifting happens politically, but in intimate relationships as well. You see it all the time. So how do we navigate our way through this so that we're neither suffering from over-responsibility or under-responsibility. <clears throat> um, it seems, I mean, it comes back to, to meditation practice and precepts, of course, but the more that we sit in a way where we're just open in an uncensored way to experiencing whatever comes up in our mind, whatever thought arises in our mind, whatever emotion arises in our mind, then we stop doing the, critiquing, the critical thinking, we stop do the, doing the editing, and we just experience everything that we're capable of thinking or feeling. Whether it's pleasant, unpleasant, whether it fits in with my ideal of who I think I am, or whether it doesn't, whether it fits in with my psychological view of myself, but I'm a nice person, you know, I don't have angry thoughts. I'm a nice person. But just all of that drops away with meditation. If we're really non-judgmental, then we allow everything to arise. But at the same time, the judgmentalism, if by that we mean harsh black and white judgment, shifts into discernment, then we can see what is there. Um, and there is a kind of assessing or judgment going on in that we sense that's an unwholesome feeling that I'm feeling right now. That's a kind of a judgment in a way. 
It's like if I'm resentful towards someone and I'm holding on to resentment and I'm going over it all the time, it's like if you're an experienced practitioner, you go, that's what it is, it's resentment. And that, that's, not, that's not wholesome. I'm not going to keep feeding this and justifying it. I'm going to look into it and acknowledge that it's there and I'm going to be present with it. And that's a very different experience altogether. <clears throat> so as we get to know ourselves more and we know what our wholesome experiences are and the unwholesome ones, the ones which are not based on grasping or aversion or ignoring, you know, but are, you know, based on generosity and so on, then we can discern how we act in the world or how we speak in the world. Um, and, and we can make a, a much clearer causal connection between, well, if I'm feeling resentment and I'm acknowledging that I'm feeling resentment towards this particular person, and then I've kind of impulsively said something rude to them or, you know, ignore them or whatever, then there's that sense, yeah, there's a causal connection coming back to my, my inner experience and what I did. Right? So the more we connect with that inner experience, the more we see the connections either into harmful behaviour or constructive behaviour. But without that inner connectivity, um, we, um, we go astray. So in summary, it, we need to see that our actions in the world can move in those two directions or they're somewhere on the spectrum between over-responsibility, appropriate responsibility or under-responsibility. And, um, and we, we examine things along that whole spectrum not just rigidly towards um, uh, noticing that we've got a harsh inner critic. Maybe we're not critical enough sometimes. Sometimes we may be too critical. But the middle way is the middle way of discernment. It's making a judgment, but it's not a harsh, critical, shame-based judgment, but it's a judgment, nevertheless. 